On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have a legitimate professional sports team owner. We finally get Tom Dolan on. It's been a long time. We've been hoping to find out what is in store with the Nick. Uh, just kidding. We have a soccer football. We have fo- soccer football owner. Uh, you'll have to figure out who it is. You'll have to listen. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, bet. Bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage and sports gambling is. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where Rufus is in a weird tank top. And he's bragging about his working out. And Cheetah and I are straight off the adrenaline rush of, I mean, did you want, who did you want to win that game? I mean, if Alex Caruso wasn't playing, I would be rooting for the Bucks because somebody drafted the Bulls in the Calcutta um, that I may have had a piece of. But man, Alex Caruso is just so good at it. It's so hard for me not to root for him. But you got to think like so there's, a, there's a, there's a chance now. I mean, they were in game one. They, they almost stole both of these. It's actually yeah. pretty crazy. And like yeah. that, that, that means there's a chance here. And when like <laughs> Lonzo comes back in game four, I know he's not coming back. After Lonzo game <laughs> with his knee injury. That's yeah. where Lonzo comes back. And I mean, and, and I know you don't believe it. But we have a chance in the Pelicans too with no. Oh, but that one I believe because I don't think Booker is going to play this series. So, like, yeah. it's the market thinks it's about a coin flip game, game three. So, what, 25%? They're up 3 1 going back to Phoenix and Booker has to play it 60%. Uh, that's an interesting one. That one. The Plus, Pelicans the Pels. interesting because, like, their, their, their actual record after they started like 1 and 12 or whatever is like over 500, right? So, it's like exactly. they're over they're under for what they really were even better since the cj trade i think did you uh did i ever tell you guys about the 500 to 1 western conference pels bet no i don't even know if i told you because it's probably you have 500 to 1 it was, in the pels. It, it was embarrassing at the time but it was pre zion like maybe being able to play they made the cj trade herb jones defensively like their rookies are really good like it actually made some sense i also thought you know, they get into the play and they match up fairly well against Phoenix anyway with Valen. You know, they have like size they can actually throw out there. And so um, the best price in the world other than one spot was 200 to one to win the West. But one spot in Denver had 500 to one. And there was a runner that hit it max $10 bets for two hours. He got it 50 times. So um, it was a fun one. I don't know if they actually upset the Suns. I don't know what I'll do, but uh it's a fun there's five there's 500 to one to at win the 500 5,000 to win 2.5 million no, no no i only risk it's 10 dollar bets 50 times oh not 100 dollar bets okay so yeah, you yeah, got yeah. 500 to win 500 dollars. first of all what's going on with this tank top roof did you lose a bet no i was just <laughs> at the gym he was working out that's what we were talking about out, when out, iron. what's what's working out for you what's pumping iron for you um you know you know i'll curl some two pound weights you know no what do you really curl um i don't know um because that wasn't what i was doing today today was today was chest shoulders triceps what do you bench well there are um it's only dumbbells in the gym upstairs because it's just in my building um so the highest is 50 pound dumbbells so i do those and then i'll do like 12 of them then i'll do 
30 second break, then, then like the, then the 45 pounds and then another 30 seconds then 40 and basically just go down that way. And just, uh, it kind of is a little bit of a car, like cardio too, in a way, cause you're just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm certainly not like going for, um, like gaining a bunch of weight and doing high weight. Lower reps. What, what basketball player does Rufus look like right now? Uh, Poku. No, Poku. Or if you're talking about the Gonzaga guy, then there's that's... only one answer to this. Oh God, who's that? No, there's he two played? for sure. He's Sabonis. He looks like Sabonis. No, Sabonis has way more to him than Rufus. No, no, does. from from. We're talking from, about Chet from Gonzaga or or neck Poku. Up, he looks like Sabonis. Oh yeah, actually, I see that now. Okay, sorry, I thought you were talking about no, his not two two pound weightlifting skinny body. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is I've actually his girthy looks like a, a less toned Drew Timmy. <laughs> Which is funny because Drew Timmy's not toned, just to explain my joke. Yeah. Well, Jeff, you're gonna be laughing uh when I see you at Vegas at the pool party and everybody's like, Oh my god, look at that guy. I got I got cat called today walking to lunch. Someone was no like way. Hey, construction was, workers? Construction heard, workers? No, it's two two girls in a Jeep Wrangler. Um, I just heard something and I looked over and they're like, yeah, you, you're cute. And I was like, thanks. And I just kept walking. That was it. You didn't stop. No, I thought about it, but I was like, eh, no, let's just keep going. Cause it's, do you have a, do you have a serious, I had my, I had my AirPods in, I had my AirPods in, I had sunglasses on, I was going to lunch and I had a meeting in five minutes that I was going to take from Taco Tarion, which I did. <laughs> Got it. So still don't really understand the tank top piece. Like, when did you buy that? Was it like oh, this uh, is from like ten years ago? This is some like I mean, this is just a, a it's only it can only be used as a workout shirt at this point. You know what I mean? No, I don't know. Don't you, you have old shirts like that that you just use to work out in? But that's it. You could wear it to Wet Republican June. Maybe. Welcome to the gun show. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, twenty six straight days, man. You've been working. You actually do look a little bit more like a normal human. That's good. Yeah. The funny thing is I've actually like, like I weighed myself the other day and I was like 149. I was like, well, how am I less weight? Fewer weight. Fewer weight. Yeah. Fewer weight. Yeah. Right. And I'm six one, which is like, and I'm like not skipping leg days either. I don't know. I just, my, <laughs> my weight basically changes my, my, my weight changes. Um, or it, it changes very little. What changes is the muscle to fat composition. It's like one is replaced by the other. But then theoretically you should be heavier. Maybe. I don't know. Because muscle weighs more than fat. You know what actually works well is is if you're really fat, like me, it doesn't matter if you're lifting or not, your your body weight overall still goes down if you're working out. So uh, this is the convo we were having before you jumped in, Jeff, and hit record. But because I, I what Rufus does, he has a paid Zoom account. Well, you you call, I think you called the countdown. So I flew my bright brother's actually the opposite of me. He's actually like a personal trainer and nutritionist. And I flew him out from Florida to live here for the four weeks before I go to London uh, for like semi-permanently. And we've just been like grinding. So, I, and I've done like 11 pounds in the last two weeks. So nice. um, trying, trying to just drop as many as I can prior to appearances over there, potential uh, TV, something or other. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Lots of fish and chips too. Uh, no, that, that, that is not on the menu, yeah. unfortunately. Okay, so can we talk about why you're going to London or why you're going to England? Oh, sure. I think most people have gotten annoyed by now on Twitter. But yeah, I um, 
Mostly Kanish. The, 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 uh, yeah, he hates it. Also, he fades Crawley Town FC every single game, and he's 0-3. So uh, he's just, like, waiting to be able to tweet about how he faded him and won, and he can't get it. The uh, yeah, get to go over there and um, I'll be doing a lot as far as like football operations on the grounds, being in the community and trying to uh, make everything family out there. No, that is. So this is interesting. So I have two kids. One's going to start kindergarten. One's going to be in second grade. Moving them out was would have been a a hassle and an interesting combo with the wife. And we also have a third on the way in July. So decided to just have them stay. Uh, so I'll be going there. I, I actually have the opportunity to speak at VCon the May 20th. So I will be back for that. While well, I'm back in the States for that, I'll go visit home for a week. Then I'll be back for all of June in London. Uh, but then my sister gets married at the end of June. So I'll be back here at the end of June for that. And then our babies do mid July. So I'll probably stay the month of July in the States. And then after that, I'll head back out. But where's uh, so my wine? Back and forth. Really? That's what still I'm here, saying. man. It's waiting for you. Perfect. Actually, you were here. Uh, you met with. Eben, I think for coffee or something briefly, maybe you're in LA instead of oh, Newport, yeah, LA. but uh, we, we I, all, they're waiting for you. We were hanging out with Eben in uh, Vegas in uh, January, all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I After still have the, the wine that's, from that's Major where the Domo. Wine came from, Rufus. Okay. I met Eben in, uh, around Super Bowl week when I was there for Super Bowl. And then I was going to play Bel Air Country Club right after that. So, uh, okay. So tell us you bought a soccer team that rufus and i allegedly are part owners of right allegedly. Yeah. yeah i think allegedly no yeah lots changed though honestly i'm a chairman of an english football club rufus went tout the celtics might actually be oh, yeah. good at basketball like a lot a lot has changed in the last few how months do you, how do you feel about rufus going tout? <laughs> hey oh man, like he he knows i don't care at all there's no judgment I, mean, I love the guy either way. So I just had to make a crack, but can we, can we put the DFS asterisk? I, I know. Please? Yeah. The DFS. T- I know a lot of people like actually care about that stuff, but I, yeah. Rufus knows. Though. I don't care. It's kind of funny. It kind, it, well, it kind of is. Yeah. Yes, it is. So that's why I had to say something. I know. I know. I think Jeff said last week or the week before that he might stop podcasting with you. So it sounds like he got over it as well. But, uh, well, Preston, Preston, will you podcast with me if Jeff stops? Sure, we still need to do our other podcast idea we had. If yes. any of us ever have time again, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that someday. Honestly, I would like to prioritize that because that's the kind of stuff that I'm like that gives me that motivates me more than anything else. So, yeah, and Kanish will also hate that a lot. Oh, so, I think great. it's perfect. Yeah. Have you ever met Kanish? Uh, no, not in person. I talk to him pretty regularly. Actually. I think I, I think I know his bad? last name actually. What's that? I think I actually know his last name because I was like, this has to be Knish because Joseph, some like that. I'm not going to say it on the air, but you're going to dox him on the air. No, I said I'm not going to. I think I think he signed up. I think he's an unabated subscriber. Oh my god! That's and his first name and his first name is Joseph. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and the last name starts with the K and sounds like yeah. I was like, That's okay, wait, hold on. So the, wait, hold on, hold on. I need to just clarify. The guy signed up. His first name is Joseph. On unabated, I believe so. And so I you think that Joey. the one Joseph that signed up on no, unabated, no, the, the name sounds similar enough. To, it sounds similar enough uh, okay. that it. Purpose, it do we, what has more <laughs> users of unabated or listeners of Bet the Process? Do, are you asking if we have more than seven users? I think we have more than seven listeners. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to come clean. I think we have more. Yeah, you guys, that joke's a little bit um, premature now. 
or whatever the word is. A little dated. Dated. I mean, reality, what? We're like 10 to 20,000 or something? Somewhere in there? Don't ever do that. That's like proprietary information. Like people will try to use 20, that. 20,000 million. You, billion. You, guys, you guys are going to get so many sponsorship opportunities now. You know, this guy so reached out to me from one of the sports books and was like, hey, we'd like to sponsor your sport, your your um, podcast. And I was like, oh, this actually, no, it's from a fantasy site because I think it's because Rufus is a fantasy tout. So mm. he reached out to me and he was like, yeah, super interested. Who should I talk to? I'm like, oh, you can talk to me. And he was like, okay, here's the stats I need. How many listeners, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, we're done here. You either buy, you either love us when we have no listeners or you love us when you have 20,000. But like, you got to love us no matter what. Never responded to me. It's weird. Wow. Yeah. I was actually at dinner tonight. And oh, the, I told the waiter that I would talk about him because he wanted to know about our podcast. His name is Carlo. And <laughs> so he's, he's going to check it out now. Podcast and the people that I was with at dinner said, are you a big better? And he goes, no, I've never bet. And we're all like, you're not going to care about this podcast at all. It was very So sad. far he might. Mm, now, but at least we talked about him. Yeah, it's true. Um, By the way, the Celtics are 2-0 and, oh, and you haven't watched the ends of either of those games. So no, if you want to you know take credit left, officially. Right? I left when they were down eight. You said they were down eight. I'm like, I left when they were down eight. I'm like, oh, yeah, and then the run happened. Yeah. It was like that scored like two points the next day. I'm minutes. like for not watching. I'm like plus six plus what they win by tonight. They won by a lot, right? Like your plus oh, minus is very good. Seven or something. Yeah. Way better than the Celtics are in that. So how do you feel about that series? You think they're going to win that? You think they're going to win that series in like five or six? Russell? Probably. Do you know if Williams is, I mean, they don't have to rush him back now, but if he's back, I think it's uh, going to be pretty devastating. Uh, it's weird. Did you see uh, Volgaris tweeting a bunch about the two-point rate from the Nets tonight? No, what are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Like how he's, like, even in the olden days, I think you referenced like 40% two-point rates. Were, like, you know, that's archaic nowadays. They've been 45% the last two games. Taking two-pointers? Taking or? long-range twos. Yeah. So And, you know, Durant hasn't shot well, obviously, but Kyrie shot extraordinarily well game one. Dragic went off in the first half tonight. Oh, so that's all just like back and forth, who's hot or not. But in general, their philosophy of – taking so many long twos maybe biting them or do you think maybe the Celtics are defending intentionally that way I think they're uh, probably I think they're probably I mean I'm probably because you, you know KD and Kyrie are going to take those shots pretty right. regularly if they're there anyway so uh, I think they've done a pretty good job and it's not like the Celtics have really shot them. by the way you missed Pritchard in the fourth quarter Pritchard went off you you have to watch it back if you no, can. no no you know who went off is Jalen well Jalen did but Pritchard made like four shots and had a great offensive rebound and a steal and like, yeah, no. And also because it's Pritchard and not Jalen. Yeah. Well, I, while we were waiting for, to start this podcast, I like rushed through like maybe the first six minutes of the fourth quarter. So I got to see a lot of that, that goodness. Cause I figured you'd want to talk about it. Tatum, they, they withstood the shitty Tatum game. This was the shitty Tatum yeah. game. If they got Williams back too. I just yeah, I think they should take care of business. We'll say Celtics in five. Why not? Why does Milwaukee look so bad? Did you watch the whole game today? I watched uh, the for the second half. I didn't watch the first half. You know, honestly, man, the Bulls have. By the way, so I because I haven't run NBA numbers since December, but for fun, before game ones of all these, I went back to where my December numbers were and lined them up against the game one spreads and totals. And this was back when the Bulls were like crushing. Caruso had been healthy. Lonzo had been healthy the entire way. Lonzo's still not back, but 
Pat Williams is and everyone else is playing. And 230 as the total in the game one, I had, uh, I think, almost like 11 points high. And then sure enough, it was like one by 50. Now tonight it still went under the total, but it was a lot closer. But the bull shot pretty much lights out. Middleton also hurt his foot, I believe, mid-fourth quarter, didn't return. Um, so it's getting a little interesting in the Bulls if you if you play the first half Bulls, which you're not supposed to do, but you know they were tough most of the year. So, yeah, if they had stole both, I think we're really wondering. But, uh, yeah, by the way, someone asked, it's been texting me, uh, did you see Middleton's injury? How serious do you think it is? I said, I didn't really see it that closely. I'm on a podcast with Jeff and Rufus. This is one of your seven listeners or 20,000 listeners. And he said, are you talking NBA? I thought Rufus doesn't like the NBA. So if you're wondering why Rufus hasn't said anything in a while. Yeah. No, and also he was bitching at us. He goes, guys, it's a five-point game with 19 seconds left. You missed everything that led up to that, which was – that possession was insane, right? It was like offensive rebound, offensive rebound, offensive rebound. And, like, they didn't need to foul at that point, and then they fouled, which is – they tried to foul, and then DeRozan was like, no, I'm just going to go score. I'm kind of rooting for him now because why not? Well, why we don't? Why do we do? So here's the thing about this: why do we do Calcutta's if not for a lot of upside, right? And like I feel like we got. I think DeRozan dropped 41, which he might be in some sort of range where he can get highest score for three percent of the pot, which is one of the upsides we liked from the Bulls anyway, as one of the trash teams. So that's what you that's what you said for sure. And let's give you credit for those of you guys. We should play the clip from our year-end prediction episode where Preston essentially predicted this run by the Celtics in a point where me as a Celtics fan was like, dude, please don't say this. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and then you turned and fired a bunch of Easton uh, title I bets. I think I turned and fired that before. I would. I want to see when I made – we should see when it – Actually, I think you're right because at that point, 40 to 1, I think would have been a pretty bad number. I think I'd given up at that point. Hold on. So If only bets bad numbers. <laughs> he looks for the worst price Honestly, available in the yeah. market and then he bets it you know he had that run like a year and a half ago for a year straight where he like didn't have a losing week or you know settle or whatever and and it was it was all chris lines which is like the worst possible I know. lines a lot of times one of the sharper books the just like couldn't lose yeah. uh yeah i mean i got them it doesn't have the timestamp of when you bet him on chris huh it does if you stand it if you expand it, it should. I don't even know how to do. Anyway, this this explains is explains a lot. Engaging content here. No, Rufus, I, I, I don't will. think it does actually. It shows me my ticket number. I can probably get Adam to go back and track when I bet these. By the way, though, if you look at the Bucks, these two games, you're probably not that scared of them, though, as a Celtics fan, right? Next round. I mean, the Celtics D is insane how how frenetic they are and I, i'm curious to watch them in another series but this series seems so frenetic like everyone's just all over the place they're forcing the the nets to always feel like they're playing fast i know the nets play fast but like they're playing they look like the amount of like turnovers that durant has had like how Durant, have you ever thought Durant was loose with the ball? He looks loose with the ball this series. He always looks loose with the ball when I watch him. He just has long arms. No, I mean, he keeps turning the ball over, Rufus. Okay. Well, but he's loose. I thought we were talking about how he carries the ball. No, I'm talking like about like a running back being loose with the ball, right? You know, it's like he does look shaken. And, and I think he went 0 for 10 or 0 for 11 in the second half today. I don't know the last time he did that. So 
Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting end of the series. I mean, like, do you feel are you do you still feel good about you selling off twenty five or half of your Dallas Calcutta bet? Well, yeah, they won a game, and they're probably not going to beat Utah still, so I'm fine with it. And we think Luca won't come back at all this series, even if they—I mean, they've already extended to a fifth, right? Yeah, I don't think he would come back. I'm, there was actually news that he's been practicing, though. So, I, game three would be a surprise to me, though. I'm not sure if there's been an official announcement or not, but I don't think there's a need to force it. There's the whole—you know—if it's lower down the calf, it's closer to the Achilles. You have to play it extra safe. I don't know. It's, it seems like the downside's pretty high to try to force him to play. Yeah. Can well, maybe I, he'll just come out and be a decoy. Can we talk about football, guys? Yeah, what kind of football? You know, Crawley Town football. I want to know, since we've, we've tried to have an executive of a major sports franchise on for a long time, and finally we have one. We've actually oh, never tried to. Who have we tried to? I don't know. Maybe Darren point. Well, okay, Jeff, I was, it was for effect saying we tried to. We've okay, hoped so, to. So We haven't actually put in effort. Are we officially owners of a soccer team, Preston? We? Yeah, we, we all are. I, I, was in a, I was in a meeting today. Rufus was in a meeting today. It was pretty high stakes. I know. I can't little, say anything about it. but well, it was, no, definitely do I know, <laughs> obviously. But <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm like, I'm going to start watching all the games. Like, I want nice. to hear – what you can say, Preston, about what it's like to be where do we, where do we the director. The Hold on. Don't interrupt me, Jeff. What it's like to be the director of a football club. Sure. I can, I can tell you to answer Jeff's question. Like you can watch the games. There's a platform called iFollow that the EFL owns. You can watch all the games on that platform. There's only a few games left to end this season, but going into next season, you can get like a whole season pass for, I think it's uh, 189 pounds, and then you have access to 46 matches. So it's. But we're on a winning streak, Jeff. We've won three straight matches. We are three, you know, as a. All, all, by, all by one goal. So I don't know if soccer is the same as the. Don't look at the goal differential. We're still. <laughs> the goal differential is negative season. three on the year. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, it's like the, the peripherals aren't great, but the record is better than the peripherals. The, yeah, but, but the metrics say we're, we're outperforming expectation, which is probably true. Uh, but, you know, I think we'll have a better, well-rounded roster next season. So hopefully we can still make some improvements. I'll say this, though, about what is it like to be a director of a team. Last night I was making dinner with my family and my wife turned to me and said, I don't think I've ever seen you this stressed out over a 48-hour span in our entire marriage. Oh, <laughs> I turned and I said, yep, that sounds about right. So obviously it's great to be a part of, like, running a, a club or a team or a franchise of some sort, but it is, it's another level of like high stakes, high leverage spots, trying to solve problems. I woke up Saturday morning before the game, 7 a.m. Pacific time. The beer wasn't working at the bar that's in the stadium. There's some gas, something in the system wasn't able to get the pour right. A bunch of fans are complaining on Twitter. So I had to like solve that. We give away free beer at halftime. Everyone is happy, but like little things like that, just like constant, something comes up every day or two that you have to figure out, you know, there isn't like a team in charge, like that you have that, you know, how often does the owner get involved of, with like beer, you know, machines? Well, what's interesting about the way we've done this is most owners aren't like interacting with people on Twitter, doing Q and A's with the fans in discord. I've probably had two to 300 DMS from local supporters and I've responded to every single one, except maybe one that used an extremely 
uh, offensive word. <laughs> I just didn't bother. I left that DM uh, closed. So just about every single one. And, uh, you know, in a sense, we've kind of won them over because we've been transparent and we've been honest and we want to include them in a lot of the decision-making and this and that. Um, so when I saw it on Twitter, I don't think typically, you know, fans that don't have beer and the thing breaks before the game wouldn't complain to the owner on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter and I've been interacting with them. So that's why they thought to do it. And then it worked out because I said, Hey, I told the GM, I said, just, just give them three pints at halftime. And, you know, it's a quick, cause you actually can't, I think it was a new rule, not new, but like about 15 years ago where you can't drink beer in the stadiums anymore uh, in the UK. I think there's like too many like hooligans and fights and just craziness. So you can only do it before the match during halftime and after. And so that halftime 20 minute spot is like a sprint to the bar to just get beer and then get back to your seats. So you're basically just basically inviting do you feel like as a Mormon, you are less equipped to deal with these hooligans. No, but as, as a friend of Jeff, he's more equipped to deal with them. I've actually, so I, I told a story about, cause I had a question on the, the club media Q and a about my background in soccer football. Um, which is not much, especially from like an analytical or fan standpoint. But I told a story about when I was serving my mission in Portugal for two years. And so the first eight or nine months I was there, they just throw you into this. You have to learn how to speak the language and speak to the locals. Uh, It took me about eight or nine months to kind of get the language down and speak fluently. But those first eight or nine months were really hard. And I actually, my one connection I had with the local people and the culture there was football, like football is life just like it is in England and the UK and Portugal. And so I played with the kids and that was how I was able to kind of build relationships there. And then eventually I was able to become more fluent and then really get ingrained. But when, so when I got back to the States, I was like, my, my, no, the birth of my football fandom was actually Portuguese football. And so I found myself rooting for Portugal more than the U S and like world cups. And they won the Euro cup in 2016 was one of like the better moments. Like, I think I teared up like crying with the Portuguese people when it happened and I shouldn't admit that publicly, but it was true. Um, so I, I told that story, but I, so I've actually had a few people that listened that are locals there that go to the LDS church. It's five minutes from the stadium and they reached out and they're like, Hey, so are you, are you Mormon? Cause I heard it on the Q and a about a church mission. And I said, yeah. And then anyway, so they're like, you're like, you don't know what it'll be like to have an owner of this community's club going to church with them on Sundays. The last owner owned the team for six years, showed up three times. You know, he lives in Turkey. He's like, this is going to be like a completely different experience. And he's like, people are really going to appreciate this. And so I hadn't actually considered that part um, just until, you know, the last couple of days, a few people reached out, but I don't think it actually matters whether or not I drink about getting beer fixed. I don't think that actually matter too much, Rufus, but anyway, yeah. Well, but you never, I I enjoyed hearing about your youth soccer career. Oh, the one where I said I was horrible and yeah. switched to basketball. Yeah. yeah. I played probably two seasons of like AYSO or something. Yeah. But I mean, Preston's freakishly athletic. So let's be honest. Yeah. Our fat bearded guy. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is, I mean, I guess I'm curious, like what, what is the sort of plan? Like, as far as you can say things, mm-hmm. what is sort of, the plan, like, how are you planning on using analytics? How are you, you know, I don't know, just what does that sort of vision look like in terms of what you're going to do in the off season that you can talk about? Um, or what does well, that I involve? Should, I should, I should Not even just up. your team, but just in general, like, what is that? Like, I mean, I can't imagine. Sure. Yeah. 
the stress and all the responsibilities, but like creating like culture and vision and. So like, yeah, so I think that's something that it generates. So what's great is, so you have for people that aren't aware uh, the EFL, you have two leagues, you have league two and league one. After that, you go to championship. And after that, it's the premier league. We're in league two. So we would need to get promoted um, three times to get to the premier league once obviously would be great. That's what we've actually wagered. That's another thing that's interesting, which I know we're kind of jumping around, but like the fact that owners never have accountability is kind of crazy. You have like Evans, a Knicks fan. And he always talks about James Dolan running the Knicks in mediocrity for over 30 years, no accountability. He's rich. So he gets to keep owning the Knicks. And so he thought, dad, it would be right. Fun. His dad, like right. you talked about his yeah. dad, dad cable, vision. cable vision, right. Yeah. That, that's a great qualification to own a team. <laughs> exactly. And, and then eventually it's like the GM or the head coach. That's the scapegoat when things don't go right. So Evan and I have actually risked our, our jobs as the directors of the club if we're not promoted in two years. What we do know is that the club currently uses no analytics at all as far as helping with their decision-making. Their process is near zero there. We know that most teams at the League Two level don't. Um, we also know that almost every team at the League Two level doesn't play optimally. Uh, general consensus belief in the football world is that you should be to playing a high press style, which especially then is exponentially increasing your edge when you're playing at a league two level where those players are unable to keep possession as frequently. And so if you're pressing constantly up the pitch, you're able to, you know, get possession back yourself. You have a chance to score, create some more opportunities. Uh, and that's just something that they actually, I think Crowley Town ranks bottom two in some of the like pressing metrics that you would look at. And one of them that is, I think the most, telling or at least more correlated to how often you're pressing is uh, passes per defensive action. I think it's PPDA. And if you actually just go, we've like talked to the manager about this um, just to try to like help. Cause here, here's, what's great about this. And I, I actually wanted to, I spoke to uh, you guys know, I've talked about the San Francisco Dons a lot the last few years. I knew they were super high on analytics, their basketball team. Um, and then they just got jobs over at Florida. So that whole team is going over to Florida, that coaching staff. So like applaud them, congrats to them. But I wanted to find out, I said, how is it that you got players to buy in to analytics? Cause that's the hardest part is how do you make it digestible and how do you get your players to buy in? Cause you were university of San Francisco. And honestly, five years ago, no one really cared about your basketball team or knew who you were. And now your entire coaching staff after being a top 25 team and going to the tournament is in Florida. And so I thought that was, I'm not going to like, actually get into specifics there but we wanted to get a grasp of like how do you make this digestible visuals help charts game film which by the way i don't have a video coordinator this the last few seasons at crawley town fc so i think we might get one of those that might be another edge that we could uh utilize but anyway i just wanted to go down this ppda path real quick with you guys you look down the top of the table and like who is set to get promoted who's in the playoff three teams get promoted three through seven go to a playoff for that fourth spot for promotion. So that's how it works. Then you have four that get relegated down. If you look top in PPDA this year's Mansfield town, they're in fourth, they're three points behind automatic promotion, Bristol rivers, excuse me, Bristol rovers are tied for fifth. So they're going to be in the playoff, but they're five points behind automatic promotion. Exeter city is third in PPDA. They're in second on the table. Leighton Orient's 14th uh, overall on the table, but they actually have a goal differential that's 17 better than Crawley town. They've just been pretty unlucky this year. You have Tranmere, they're uh, fifth in PPDA, and they're also in the playoff hunt. Northampton Town's next, they're tied for fifth. The top team's eighth in PPDA. Generally, teams that are pressing at this level are winning more frequently. We don't press much at all, so that's something that we can capitalize on. You look at some other connections we have. 
I won't say which club or which league or which country, but they rank a hundredth percentile in PPDA. They're really, really strong in set pieces. Um, there's some other things that they're able to capitalize on that Crowley Town currently ranks near the bottom of the table in League Two. So it's just like stacking all these up, finding the variables. Um, and it's like, and Rufus, we talked about this, I think, before on this podcast. Analytics is like, sometimes it's just like logic, like right. it's super basic stuff that you just need to be able to get translatable to the manager or the head coach and the players. And then if they're utilizing them, it puts you in a really good spot. I think the key is not to use the word analytics. Like I think using yeah. the word analytics is like a non-starter for a lot of people. And I think you just explain it, like talk about a soccer strategy or whatever. I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't think at the level that Preston's dealing with right now, like I think they're going to be open to whatever. And he's a, he's the frigging owner. So it doesn't matter. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like there's probably people set in their ways. Like I listened to the press conference with the coach. He sounded like he said something about not knowing what crypto was or analytics was or anything like that. Right. He seemed, he seemed like a really funny guy. though. He is funny. He's a character. I'll tell you this. If you don't analytics, just the word does scare some people. They're yeah. just automatically against it. And then the crypto especially scares people. So uh, we had to kind of help with some of the misinformation spreading there that we bought the team in crypto and that the club is, attached to the volatility of crypto it wasn't the case we we used cash it's like anyway, I, had to, I had to figure some of those things out and get the the real story across but uh yeah analytics are scary i think that's actually a good point we probably use that word ourselves too much just don't because use it it's like, a generality that like tells the point but really it's look at the data this is what the numbers say it's man it's there's, there's probably a better way to phrase it tell, now. you're like making story. me think as i'm talking Th- i mean i would say think about like okay if you were a politician, how are you conveying a message? You're not doing it based on reason or logic or whatever. At least if you're a successful politician, you're appealing to people's emotions somehow and using narratives and telling stories. So I feel like you need to communicate the message you want by stories somehow and make it like a, let them come, actually let them come to the conclusion. Yeah, that's, That's I'll tell you this. I'll I'll give you guys an example. I maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but I don't care. It's not that big of a deal. We were in a team meeting last week and there's a particular player, uh, Isaac Hutchinson, who we got on loan the very last day of the transfer window in January. So it's January 31st. He'd only been here for two months. He hadn't played very frequently, but we have these final games where Crawley Town's chance of promotion is near 0% and their chance of relegation is 0%. So we're like, what can we do in these last six matches to like figure some stuff out to see where we're at next season. And uh, some of our consultants, the first thing, two of them at the same time said, what about Hutchinson? Can we see Hutchinson play more so we get more data on him? And the manager was like, not really sure. He's like, well, he's got to earn it in practice and training, you know, like kind of the standard stuff. Um, But he actually ends up starting him this last game on Monday and he scores a goal and we win one zero. So like, I know it doesn't always work that way, but like the process actually proved itself pretty quickly. And it's kind of like, they're realizing some things, at least, you know, he could have not scored and then it's a different story. But in this particular instance, it worked. And it was the very first like top priority. If we want to maybe potentially keep this guy going forward next year, it'd be nice to learn a little bit more about him. Let's get some more data on him. We got, you know, a full 90 minutes and he ended up winning us the game. That's awesome. It's always good when Barry, are you going to keep him? You can join next week's call, Jeff. <laughs> I was, um, you guys need to send out the calls like a little bit more than just right before them. Jeff, sometimes when you're a night, night before was it was tough. One. We, we had a uh, 
yeah, we had a, uh, we had a, a topic to discuss. So that yeah. one was, it, it's generally longer time frame in between. You usually have a couple of days, but that one was, was, was abrupt. I'll, t- I'll say this. I think the numbers say they want to keep him. We'll see if he fits in or if he even wants to come back. There's like so many variables depending on a loan from another club. I think it was from Derby from the championship level. And so we uh, will do our best if it makes sense to, for the price and all that. Jeff, have you ever seen a movie called Moneyball? No, I read a book. I know you don't read them. It's called the book, Rufus. You read left to right. I'm I'm reading David Hill's book. Um, It's called The Vapors. It's actually really good. Not not when I said it's actually really good. I mean, I expect it to be really good because he's a great writer, but I'm really enjoying it. Still can't get over this tank top. You need to actually post (laughs) yourself in the tank top on Twitter so people know. That's true. When you post the link to the podcast. I am having so much trouble focusing on the podcast. Screenshot it. Well, I mean, I think we're all excited for you and Evan in this journey. Mm-hmm. I think we want to help you however we can. Maybe like um, we could become the official podcast of Crawley Town FC. Crawley Town FC, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah you we could get be a few our more sponsor. We we get some merch. Yeah, we probably cool should logo. do a Wagme United sponsor. We actually, we should we actually we should actually get merch right from the from the club. Are you going to give that to all the investors? Yeah, there'll be opportunities for that. We are in the oh, midst. Oh, you of... might be changing the merch, right? What do you mean? I want to wag me United merch. Like, there's it's, there's going to be like Crawley Town FC merch, like right, like they call them shirts, but they're jerseys, the kits, everything in that regard. Kits, kits, we'll also have kits. some separate like Wag Me United apparel as well, kind of for like a street. So what, what, what Wag Me United is the name of the the buying group, the ownership group. Yeah. Yeah kind of like the brand that we're trying to can you tell us can you tell our listeners what wag me stands for stands for uh we're all gonna make it it's just like a tagline from the whole crypto nft world but it's positive and and rufus is a positive person now and it's like let's let's just bring good vibes a positive person yeah it's true i have always been a positive that's true actually i haven't always been just speaks about it more i'm kind uh, of the negative person and he's the positive person it's a good comment um we already made it, guys. Rufus, do you want to talk any more about Crawley Town or can we talk about NBA? We can talk NBA if you want. I, I, I think, I, I just think this is like, like, I'm really excited about this. Like the fact that, you know, I know the, I don't want to call, you know, majority, you're not majority owner, but you're the, you know, well. Yeah. The, and like, and, and you guys will have like saves and stuff. Like today it was like a pretty big thing. And Jeff, we can get you up to date on it. But like, I know multiple people, Rufus included, like after we're, it got them more excited about just even being a, a part owner. Like I literally looked at my thing. personal email and I was on a call at 1109. And I was like, Oh, there's a call right now at 11. I was like, gosh, I wish I had known that before. Yeah. You went to bed the night before it wasn't that it was like at midnight, probably that it got sent out, but I might, I just might not have seen it, I guess. Although I don't know if I would have been able to, but you're right. Like it feels cool like to, so. to be involved in happens and to get a real sense of like what it's like and so it's it's certainly i mean the meeting today certainly made me more excited about it in general and the hope is that when we actually drop nfts that are wagme united nfts that offer some sort of like membership access to what we're building that at a smaller scale than the ownership group does but like they're going to have say in a lot of decisions going forward as well and so it gives everyone that opportunity to at least have a, a piece of that like emotional attachment to a real 
club or a real team or we, whatever this ends up being down the road. You just have to make sure they're better than the Liverpool NFTs, which I heard the press. You heard about that? Yeah. That in the press conference. Oh, I, I watched the press conference with the coach and the doing your homework. That's good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so Jeff, that, who's going to win the West if Booker's out for a while? I think the Warriors, dude. I went to the game on Monday night. Yeah. Steph, I know. Like Steph. I mean, Steph was like, and Clay kind of looked like Clay uh-huh. and like, they looked how a long, little scary. How long do you think Steph comes off of the bench for? As long as they need. I mean, like, as long as they're winning, they can just win it probably through the rest of the series. And then who will they? They'll probably play Memphis, probably. Yeah, he'll start against Memphis. He should probably start. Yeah. yeah like, do you, uh, did you see the stat on the new death lineup when it's him, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, and Draymond at center? No. Taking six minutes through two games, it's 29 to six. It's an interesting because, like, the key to the death lineup has always been Dre, right? Dre's mm-hmm. ability to, like, guard that center. And then three just extremely, like, elite shooters. And now Poole's that guy. Yeah. And also, like, super switchable, right? But Poole is, like, how tall is Poole? Poole's small, right? Yeah. He's, I mean, off the top of my head, I'd say he's, what, 6'5? So that's the the if pool I don't know how good pool's defense is, but part of like the original death lineup was the ability that they could switch everything right, and like the one liability they would have was Steph like, but they could cover for him. Did I say Dylan Pool? I meant Jordan Pool, but he's six four. I just looked it up. If they have to cover for both Steph and Jordan Pool, that's not easy, right? With because Wiggins is a good defender, Clay is a good defender, Draymond is so it'd be interesting to see how long that, that they can hold, you know what I mean? Like eventually you'd attack them. Yeah. Because back in, I mean, the other one, the older death lineup was like, you had just elite defenders, right. Who were long. Like you had Iggy, you had Durant, you had clay. Or even Barnes before Durant was pretty good. So Steph was the only liability on defense. Right. That's my, my point is, and also you just don't have the same length that you did when you had Durant there. You know what my favorite part about this was, is going into that, Calcutta and Rufus, you'll appreciate this. Jeff told me, he's like, there's one team that we're getting. He's like, we're going to get the Warriors. And then we didn't get the Warriors. And now they're the favorites to win the West. So we bought 30% of them. Yeah, you can. Who owns them? That's, that's 70% less than 100%. Uh, David, I believe, right? Uh, yeah. Well, they went. I mean, they 30% went. is better than nothing, but I kind of have to rub that in because. You're like, we're getting the Warriors. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to bring up the local fandom, like getting in his own head, bias, whatever. And then, but sure enough, it looks like they're they're probably going to do this. Well, you also like, we're talking me out How of How can that. you say they're going to do it after there've been like, you know, two games, right? Because the playoffs last for like six well, months, I remember. Because they're going to beat Denver. And then I don't think anyone's that scared of Memphis or Minnesota. And if Devin Booker's really out, Phoenix is not as good. And that, that would have been the. But he might come back, but who knows if he's 100. percent I mean, I, I mean, just... at this moment in time, I think what Preston's saying is, at this moment in time, if you could bet any team, they would be the favorite, mm-hmm. knowing what you know right now. So, it'll yeah, be it's definitely not a certainty or anything, Rufus. I just... no. And there's there's like, do you know about dynamic uncertainty, Rufus? Um, I know about static uncertainty. <laughs> I think about it's I was actually thinking about that, the dynamic right. uncertainty part. When you talk about modeling, your modeling or whatever, when you're like talking about like doing simulations where mm-hmm. like the, yeah, 
I was thinking about that a lot when we were doing this NBA Calcutta because there's so much that like, like from a, even from the standpoint of the Celtics versus Brooklyn, like if the Celtics, what I was trying to figure out with the, you know, cause I had like five thirty eights model numbers in my model and they would have had them as the number one team. Right. So I'm figuring out how to adjust. And then I'm figuring out what, what is the highest price I could get to for the Celtics to make it through. And I'm trying to do this in a very simple manner. So let's say the Celtics were probably what 60% in this series, like pre, pre what the market would say they were going yeah, into like 57 and a half, probably, but yeah, plus close. 60%, plus to 60%. So, so you could get to 60% realistically, even adjusting for the model, the market. And then if they win this and they play Milwaukee, right? Like what would they be? And part of it is actually having beat Brooklyn at that point, if the number would probably go up for what you would have thought it would be at this moment. Right. So against Milwaukee with home court, after having beat Brooklyn, they're probably what, a little bit over 50. They're probably slightly favored or not favored against the bucks. Yeah. After having beat Brooklyn with home court. 10, 10 seconds ago, I got the text. He's Middleton sprained his MCL. So they'd be a bigger favorite than 50-50-ish if Middleton. So that's also dynamic uncertainty. That, that's usually like a four-week injury maybe. Yeah, I, that's that's rough. So let's say they're another 60%, maybe 65%. 60%. Yeah, or they're playing the Bulls. Yeah, like who knows? 60%. Against the Bulls, they're probably, what, 65, 70? Higher than that. Yeah. yeah, so I guess I could have gotten a lot higher than I thought. And so let's say they win that and they play what probably Philly. See what I did there? Mm, Philly. Yes. And they're probably they're favored over Philly, but not by much, right? Against Philly or Miami, they're not going to be favored by that much. At Miami, they won't have home court. Their so path was not very conducive. My my point is that it was hard to get to any kind of a real number that mm-hmm. like made it such that you would pay that much more than you know what like the most pessimistic models would say about them okay. the, the floor was just so much lower versus like say philly where you feel pretty good about them dodging the nets and the bucks and obviously the celtics until the eastern conference finals so mm-hmm. i liked our position on them tremendously plus i think they went second and we just they were just cheap anyway relative to the final they were, they were cheap yeah and i i should have probably bought paid more golden state got to a price i don't think i had the right pot size like pot size number at that point so i felt like they were right at the mark market number but i i should have paid more for them did you uh, did you bid 125 and it went 127 is that what happened on what or is that too high was that the suns the suns went 126.7 sorry they went 135 yeah we weren't bidding by 700 what did the what did golden state go for do you recall 92 oh maybe you bid 90 and then it went to 92 and you stopped i just remember you were close like you did push the boundaries a little bit but yeah it's like, I mean, obviously I it looks a lot better now boundaries but the, and then i end up with chicago and atlanta and the mavericks <laughs> dude that one is I'd, I'd be curious rufus didn't probably look at it very much but there were so many of these garbage three percent pieces of this pool that if you get the right team like say the pills or the bulls which this isn't going to end up happening because they've each already won a game but their fewest games three percent get swept split three percent um or you can have a highest score average, right? That's another three percent. There's all these garbage ones that Jeff was blowout. like, he was like trying. Oh yeah, biggest blowouts. You lose a game by like thirty plus, you probably get that's another three percent. He was trying to get a lot of these, 
But the, the problem is that if, if you end up paying for like three of them, which he did, Pels, Bulls, and Mavs, then you're in a spot where you need to actually win about three of them just to break even because yeah. he paid a little over 9%. Yeah. So to, you and I had a, you the equity. And then you're chopping a lot of them because what if two teams get swept, right? Yeah. Or yeah, you a few and I had a very, like a very like real argument about this on text. And I don't think we saw eye to eye on this at all. No, we didn't. That's and why I bought out of Dallas. Did you model it out is the question. We could have, like, if we really spend a bunch of time on it, which we didn't. I mean, but so, did you so, be able so, to calculate so some here's the, here's the thing that Here's the thing that, like, I think our big disconnect in that argument was about the concept of upside. Because you basically were saying, like, if you're banking on them being the shitty teams, there's zero upside. Mm-hmm. But, oh, you can, right. You can get, like, you, yeah. I mean, you still like you could have the Pels though now and the Bulls the who both are facing injuries. That's, that's actually when the series. What I was, you and I were not speaking this. You and I were not speaking the same language. I like woke up that morning and realized what you were saying and realized that you and I weren't understanding each other. I'm saying that yes, there is like a chance for a floor where you win a bunch of stuff. And there's also a chance for a pretty big upside if like a small chance happens, right? The chance of them upsetting these teams is not zero, mm-hmm. right? It's greater than zero. So you have to add that into the, like I did actually like get my hands dirty and build a model, like a real model for this. And like, I did feel like most of these teams were cheap to the model, right? Um, certainly I thought Dallas was cheap to the model. And that's why I kept bidding on them. And I that, and that that one probably was cheap relative to the other two, just because their chances of winning the first series were so much higher than the Bulls and the Pels. Now, no Booker, no Middleton. You know, who knows? We might actually luck out. But uh, and you had the uncertainty of Luca. It was it was actually really fun to try to like price these things in my head with actual no model to go off of because there's for one, it's like the most open playoff probably in my lifetime. Like it, you just had like MJ. You had, you know, like Kobe, Shaq. You have like all these different. Uh, you had the Spurs. You've just had like these dynasties over the course of time, and um, then you had LeBron, Heat, Cavs. You had the Golden State dynasty. Like there actually really hasn't been, like I don't think as much uh, uncertainty just going into a playoff as this one. And then you're doing a Calcutta where like 15% of the pool is on some crazy random variables too. I thought it was actually like a brilliant setup. So I commend you for that for sure. I thought I mean, it was. I, mean, I thought it was also. I want to say, as the a first-time auctioneer, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun to actually do that. Yeah, but nice. you don't realize as the auctioneer, Rufus, you actually have to pay attention to the bids. Right, and I was ish, ish. Jeff, I, I, <laughs> I one hundred percent was. And yeah, no, you would come up and be like, "Wait, who, who just bid?" And we'd be like, "Well, some, some." It, it took a while to get. Someone used would to say squirrel, and you'd be voices. like, "Wait, squirrel." You know, like it, it, like Andrew talked kind of quieter, and so sometimes it was hard to distinguish him from, um, like Julian. I think more quietly, more quietly. Well, one thing fewer, is, I know we fewer need fewer louds, we need, fewer louds. We need to wrap this up soon, but Rufus, why did you change out of your tank top? Um, because I have to go grab dinner in a sec, and he's got I, a date of some sort. Second. He's got a social interaction. He might have ten just- fifteen. He might have been well, swiping Esther's last. Is open till, Esther's kitchen, the, the kitchen's open till 11. And I had, I got some Venezuelan food after I played a round of golf in under an hour and a half today, right before sunset. 18? Um, 18, yeah. Wow. 
it's under an hour and a half. I only, I only go like an you hour and a half 30? before sunset now, just because it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't have time for four and a half hours. And so I, I have go a question. The course is empty. What, what is Venezuelan cuisine like? I was wondering the same Really thing. good. Does it mean there's political turmoil? They're like empanadas, arepas. Um, I had a, a pavillon plate, which was like shredded, like shredded beef, um, rice, beans, pl- like plantains. It's really good. Mm, it's good okay. cilantro sauce. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, we will let you go. I, there was one. Oh, so the last thing on this, um, as I've been watching the playoffs, I've had a bunch of ideas about things that we can do for the next playoff Calcutta. I think some of the inv- individual prop bets attached to teams is a great, like the highest score thing is great. Like the highest scoring quarter, like anything that you can continue to have a sweat on for a long time through the playoffs. That's is, true. Yeah. It's, it's super fun. Most points in a quarter is a good one. Yeah. We kind of have that for the golf ones with like the highest score in a hole. We could have something like the most consecutive. It's just even way better because highest, highest score on a, on a hole kind of sucks. Cause again, yeah. this level, there's not that many high scores. Like, and you don't watch like every golfer on every hole, like, but you could watch every game, every quarter of our game and being able to like, I can't, but you can. Yeah. I think that, I think Sixers Raptors had a third quarter. There was like 75. So like to your point, that might win, but also you still have a sweat every single game to see if there's a quarter with more than 75 points. All right, Rufus, we'll let you go to dinner. Okay, thank uh, you guys. Preston, as always, congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being our bearded friend on the podcast. Hopefully now that you're a sports owner, team owner, you'll still hang out with us. Um, yeah, it's always good to hang. Thank you. The official you. sports betting podcast of the uh, Crowley Town FC. We should call, we should rename the podcast. Red Devils. Three, three Wagney owners. <laughs> there we go. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys all next week. Thank you for Wagney. The breakdown, the data, analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded.